Hello. Well, hello there. Welcome to You, Me, and a Poltergeist. That's the name of the show. You, me, and a Poltergeist. Your weekly stories about things all gory. Oh, okay. I like it. We're swapping Thanks. roles today. I'm well, Melinda. you weren't going with anything, so I was like, I'll fucking take a stab in the dark. <laughs> and you hit meat. I went straight to the bone. Straight to the bed. What's going on, babe? What's Nothing. flipping new? Um, I've taken up embroidery, thinking of opening ah. up my own Etsy store. Yeah. Um, because we need to we need to buy a house. That we do. And even if we had a five percent deposit, we still have to pay five grand in fucking lender's mortgage insurance. Yep. LMI. We're going to get and there And we eventually. have to find a fucking home loan that'll let us let us buy with only a 5% deposit, <laughs> which is still like 12 grand at the minimum. Hey, will you take 1% deposit and five crayons? No, they will not. What about we give them some guinea pigs? Yeah. No. We can give them that fucking cat. I'm sure they'll take oh it. Can't take the cat. Jokes please. on you, <laughs> bank. All your money's gonna be ripped up in the morning when you come in. <laughs> Wait, I I kind of just want to start selling our stuff. <laughs> Not that we have anything to fucking yeah. sell. Yeah, we don't own much. We don't own a lot at all. I mean, we own a little bit, but what to sell? What would sell? Nothing. No one yeah. wants to buy knickknacks and paddywhacks. Give no a dog one wants bone. to buy anything these days. That's it. Hi, Priscilla. We all just want everything for free because we can't afford anything. Exactly. We're all just destitute. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> what does destitute mean? Hey, Siri, what does destitute mean? Extremely poor and lacking the means to provide for oneself. Yeah, that probably works. That checks out. I think that works. I think I did a word. You did. You always do that. You're always really good with your big fancy words. (laughs) Fancy words. Got that wide vernacular. Oh. You taught me that word. I did. You taught me a lot of words (laughs) that more than school has ever taught me. (laughs) You can call me your your sensei. Senpai? You can call me also your senpai. (laughs) No. No, no, no. We don't do this. This is a very equal relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That would be weird. (laughs) Um, What's new with me, you ask, babe? I was going to. Well, it's Monday. I got very drunk on Friday night after work. Uh, Got very sick from being so drunk, and I fell asleep on the beach during the morning while I was trying to sober up. For two hours, and I end up getting pretty sunburned. He thought he was having a nap for like fifteen minutes. I, I legit closed my eye. Well, you know how you have those naps where you close your eyes and you open them, and then you're like, "Oh, I was asleep." Yeah. The main thing that gave away that I wasn't in the same time period anymore was the fact that <laughs> all the people around me were different, and I was like, "Ah, uh, something's happened here." The people have moved. The location of the sun, maybe, also. 
Did that mm. throw you off at all? Or? Not entirely. No. I don't think I was that, uh, you know, I was taking that much note of the position of the sun in the sky. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Stare up into the sun and think, mm. Oh, it's about two o'clock now. <laughs> the sun's at latitude 12. Over 36. I don't know in the solar system. Thing. I don't know. I don't think that's coordinate. What is this cat doing? Though? I don't know. Think? She was she was asleep, and then we start the podcast, and she's like, "All right, my time to shine." My time to fuck. She this was place a, up. She, little bit. I can't fucking speak. So I've got her this little tiny cat tree, and it is tiny compared to the cat trees out there you can get. It only has two platforms and one hardy hole. It's like a cheap Kmart one. I think it was like twenty bucks or something. It only it doesn't even come up to my hip. It's probably about like knee height mm. anyway she was asleep in the bottom part where you can go in and hide in there it's got a little hole she was asleep in there and then as soon as we hit record she walked out like time to fuck it up yeah so fucking fancy beach <laughs> i think in the last episode i went last you went first yeah, so you go we first. giggled about your thing. Oh yeah, that's right. We giggled time. about mine first. Do you want me to get get the show going, babe? Yeah, that'd be really good. Okay, fantastic. Let's get this thing over and done with. Let's get so, this show on the road. Let's get this show on the internet, as so, the kids say. Indeed. So today, I'm going to be returning back to somewhere that many of the listeners would know is my favorite place. In the entirety of the United States of America. And that's Loveland, Ohio. For some reason, <laughs> I have such a connection to this little weird town 15,000 kilometers away. And I don't know why. I think just the name's really cool. Yeah. And the fact that... A lot of shit going on in Ohio. In oh, yeah. Loveland of all places. Yeah, I know. So, Loveland in particular, we have covered before with the Frogman episode, uh, Frog Sorcerer, I believe it's called. That's and it. Additionally, we've covered Ohio in a number of different times for Defiance Ohio with the werewolf that was said to be there in the 1970s, and as well, the Melon Heads of Ohio, which are some strange... Excuse me. <laughs> which are some strange... Giant-headed baby-like creature, which runs around in the woods. But I have done a buttload of research on Loveland, Ohio, for my own means, and uh, <laughs> for Paul of Cthulhu, <laughs> maybe. And I've uncovered a number of other interesting things. One one particular thing is really really cool, and that is that Loveland. Has a castle. You're, yeah. Yeah, I know. You're shocked. Holy shit. Loveland you're, has a castle? You're right. Yeah. Is it White Castle? <laughs> it's not White Castle. <laughs> Although there is a skating rink that is shaped like a castle. <laughs> They're just but, going with the theme. Now. But I think it's like a plywood like roof <laughs> structure. Okay. <laughs> um, but there is actually like a castle castle. And so I thought today I'd talk to you about the castle and then tell you why exactly I am talking about it, because obviously there's something paranormal about it. Otherwise, why would I be no, discussing I we it on our show? No, talking about castles from now on. Yeah, you mean him. Yeah, I've got the royals ready to go. Oh, like, that's good. what my six-page document's all about. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so um, 
That's double-sided. To first learn about the castle, I should probably talk to you about its creator, one Harry Andrews. Houdini. Oh. Harry D. Andrews. Mm. Not Houdini, He's got that unfortunately. D, hey? <laughs> he does have the D. Um, so Harry was... Well, he's passed away now, unfortunately. He died in 1982. He was he was very interested in medieval history and uh, particularly the rights of knightship and learning the skills like that. And when World War One came across the world and he needed to go and serve, instead of serving in the war and fighting, because uh, he detested firearm use because he would much rather, you know, a sword fight or a bow and arrow, you know. Things that required more skill than just look at someone, point the thing at them and they die. He wanted, you know, a a knightly combat. So instead of doing that, he enlisted himself as a nurse um, to test out his skills in, uh, you know, first aid and whatnot. And over the span of the war... He was deployed all over, but one particular place he found a lot of interest in was France, where he actually uh, gained inspiration for what would become Loveland Castle. Uh, the castle is actually named in French Chateau Le Roc, which is Rock Castle. And he actually... Scissors, uh, paper, rock castle. Scissors, paper, Le Ro- Chateau Le Roc. Well, he ended up coming back, but a lot of shit happened while he was over there. He contracted spinal meningitis. Jesus. And fell into a deep coma to the point where he was declared dead. Oh, my God. News got back to his wife that he was dead. And his wife was like, yep, sweet, fuck Sick. this, Collect I'm that out. life insurance. Get you a new man. New man? How about Harry's best friend? <laughs> so her, her and Harry's best friend started getting right. it on and formed a relationship. That's why you got to be careful if your best friends are too close to your right. girlfriend. Because if hey. you die, guess who's stepping in? Hey, I, at least you know that, that she'll be in good hands. That's it. God. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, yeah. When you're about to go away for war, don't say to your friend, you got to make sure you look after my wife if anything happens to me. Because you know they will. So he comes back after the war. Obviously, he woke up from his coma and was <laughs> was greeted by his wife, well, his ex-wife at this point, who had moved on with his friend and was like, well, fuck, I don't exactly know what to do now. So he, he had been spending some money buying uh, these, like, subscription magazines. Let me actually get the name of the... Oh, the... One-year subscriptions from the Cincinnati Inquirer, which uh, allowed him to buy little promotional plots of land. And he actually bought a bunch of these tiny little promotional plots of land through his magazine subscription or newspaper subscription. And he ended up with that land when he came back from World War One, And it was there that he started building Loveland Castle. So he was originally just a Boy Scout leader, but... He and the Boy Scouts would camp in tents down by the Little Miami River, which is where those damn frogmen are from. And he eventually just thought to himself, why don't we build somewhere more permanent? So the Boy Scouts started picking up stones from the river, bringing them back, and then he got a milk jug 
or milk carton, cut it in half and built some mud bricks and whatnot, and they started slowly piecing together the Loveland Castle. And over that time, um, Harry obviously got fairly old. The process of building the castle took longer than his actual lifespan. He was still in the process of building it and would regularly, you know... Die? Like, what do you mean <laughs> lifespan? No, like, he, he didn't finish building it by the time he died. Oh. Like, he was still building it. I he thought was... you were going to say, like, oh, you would build a little bit, die, build a little <laughs> bit more, because it seems <laughs> like he's got a history of being pronounced dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> if the, the spinal meningitis would just flare up again and down he goes. <laughs> die for a couple months. Yeah. Declared dead again. <laughs> That's why they got maybe their bells. It's, maybe it's just... He's actually alive, haunting the place. Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> that's a great theory. He's Anyways, not actually dead. So he 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 supposedly now really died at the age of ninety two. But even up to his death, he was still working on the castle. What daily. is retirement? I know he doesn't. He doesn't believe in such things. No, doesn't <laughs> believe in staying dead either. Yeah, but uh, he. Loveland went through a number of interesting phases and the entire of the world went through a number of interesting phases and he wanted to bring back what he believed would possibly fix this by creating or bringing back a a system of knighthood into Loveland which would uh, give residents, you know, I mean, the people, the Boy Scout members or the, the Knights of the Golden Trail, as they are known in Loveland, you know, discipline and all those sorts of other things that regular Boy Scouts would, would gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but upon his death, he handed the castle over to the Knights of the Golden Trail, who still to this day uh, have been renovating it and sort of upgrading it. And it looks really beautiful now. It's three stories, gorgeous. But of course, but Harry and his spinal meningitis never really left <laughs> because it is Did said he not actually die. <laughs> He's actually an immortal. <laughs> He's yes. down downstairs like the Wizard of Oz, fucking pulling levers and yeah. and um, strings, fucking making things fly around in the castle. Yeah, but I mean, it wouldn't be a castle without a good haunting, right? Uh, well, yeah, every castle you get, you got to make sure it's haunted first, otherwise it's not worth it. Yeah. Tear it down, build a new one that's haunted. Yeah. So uh, that's how it works, right? I think something like that. So the volunteer knights at the Loveland Castle often report seeing Harry's figure or, like, silhouette or uh, apparition. They see Harry's apparition mm-hmm. walking down the halls of the castle. And, uh, yeah, he's always sort of, like, half-transparent and moving around. They often find uh, pieces of, like, different kinds of items misplaced in certain places. Although the place is open to public, so, I mean, people could go in and just, like, move a sword over there. Yeah, they could do that. That is very plausible. Yeah. And uh, apparently there's also a trickster-type spirit that inhabits the castle as well. I'm I'm reticent to say that it's Harry. That's another word I don't know. Hey Siri, what does reticent mean? Reticent means not revealing one's thoughts or feelings readily. Yeah, I thought that works. I'm reticent to 
admit that that could possibly be Harry's ghost because he seemed like a pretty um, serious kind of guy. Mm. So, like, a little trickster spirit wouldn't really fit with him. But Yeah, but what if that's just what he's like in his afterlife? Yeah, maybe. He's like, I can finally have some fun now that I'm not the one building the fucking castle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of been child labour the entire time because he got <laughs> all the Boy shit, Scouts yeah, to what build. The fuck? Yeah, I didn't click onto that. I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good idea. Get the Boy Scouts to do it. Okay, now it's just child labour. The ghosts of child labour's past. Um, well, you never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nearby to the castle as well, there was a lady who died in a car accident, and oh. it's reported that she also haunts the uh, castle. I mean, why not? If you die near a castle, we might as well haunt it. I mean, there is no better place than a castle, a castle to haunt. A castle to haunt, yes. Yeah, Did the... it live in luxury in your first life? How about your second life? Boom. Yeah, so aside from the sightings and, you know, obvious, the regular classic phenomenon that you'd expect, like cold spots and things like that, the castle is... <laughs> The castle is paranormally otherwise fairly unremarkable. I'm sorry for the uh, <laughs> the, the downer, the downer of the uh, paranormal activity, but yeah, I think it's cool that this guy dedicated so much of his life to the castle that even in death, he's come back once more from the grave to uh, continue walking around and you know checking on all the knights of the Golden Trail that are there now. He's got to make sure that it's up to code. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just knock it down. I don't think those milk carton bricks are uh, standard. No. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have. Oh, that was very good. Very informative. I really liked that one. Thanks, babe. That's nice. Do you want to check for reviews? Yeah, sure. No new reviews today. If you would like to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app, we will read it out if it's a five-star review. Thank you so much. We love you. Just do it. Do it. It helps us grow and uh, builds us into the beautiful people we want to be. What you talking about, babe? I don't know if you've actually already done this one. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, remember that dog thing you talked about with the red eyes? The dog thing? Oh, the... Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, what were they called? Uh, Direwolf? No, no, no. No, I don't think it was the Skinwalker. It's like a Shabak or something. Oh, ah, uh, Black Shark. Black Shark. Yeah. I don't think it is. But it's all I've got. Cool. I like Black Shark stories. Well, this technically isn't. Okay. But it's it sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> very similar. Well, there's heaps of Black Shark kind of stories from Scotland or Ireland or England, UK. And and they're all like equally terrifying. I think I only covered like two or three in mine, so I'm sure this one's a very fun one. Well, this is nowhere near the UK. Oh, yeah, all this right. is um, in Central America. Oh shit! Okay, this is the El Cadeo, El Cadeo, oh. El Cadejo. I don't know, El Cadeo. I've been saying in my head. How's it spelled? 
C-A-D-E-J-O, but I know it's Spanish. Yeah, you're probably about right there. No, well, they don't, it's not, they don't say J, do they? They no. pronounce it like a H. Yeah. Okay, so, the Cadeo is a supernatural creature from Central American folklore. Cool. In Guatemala, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, yeah. the dog-like creature is known as El Cadeo. Shit. There is a good white Cadeo and an evil black Cadeo. Both the spirits that appear at night to travelers. Cool. And the white one is there to protect from harm during their journey, and the black one is there to kill them. <laughs> In some places, the black Cadeo is seen as the good one, and the white one is evil. Two sides of the coin. You, you right? never know. It's all 50 50. You walk over the borderline. Yeah. One is yin, one is yang. Yeah, and then next thing you know, one's yang and the other one's yin. <laughs> <laughs> they usually appear in the form of a large shaggy dog, sometimes appearing to be the size of a cow with burning red eyes and goat-like hooves. Oh. Although in some areas they have been described as more bull-like creatures. Cool. So the name Cadeo is thought to be have um, derived from the Spanish word cadena or cadena, I think it's cadena, meaning chain. And the cadeo is at times represented as dragging a chain behind him. There is a large number, uh, sorry, there is a large member of the weasel family, the Tayra, which in common speech is called a cadeo and is cited um, as a possible source of the legend. So it lurks in graveyards and dark alleyways, uh, waiting to attack a passing victim. It has a distinctive smell of concentrated urine and burning sulfur, or like a strong goat-like smell. (laughs) Because, you know. We all know what a strong goat-like smell is. It just smells like a farm. Goat. Smells like goat. By Gucci. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it rattles with a jerking motion, contracting its pharynx. Its gaze freezes anyone from uh, who makes eye contact with it. It glitters in the pitch dark with skin and short hair like that of a pig. Oh, this thing's creepy sounding. Yeah. The white cadets are known to be the benevol- benevolent and eat bell-like flowers with only uh, that only grow on volcanoes. And there's a there's a story. Oddly specific. <laughs> um, like, there's a book written about the Cadeo that are, like, a protective village in, in the volcanoes. Oh, nice. But I didn't include it, I don't think. That's okay. Go and read that if you want yeah. to hear more about the Cadeo. The white Cadeo pro, uh, protects people including drunks, vagabonds, um, and people with grudges from all evil footsteps and even... La Siguanaba, which a... is a supernatural horse-like creature from Mexican and Central American folklore. Oh, wow. I know, it's another cool one. So the Cadeo is out fighting the uh, horse-like creature. It's, yes. a folk, it's a folklore battle out there. It is. It's a folklore battle in the whole of uh, America. I think it's about time we have a semi-benevolent creature coming out of South America because, I mean, we've talked about La, La Llorona. Uh, El Sabon. Yeah. Other things. We've talked about a lot. Yeah. That's for sure. God, yeah. Um, what was that? 
Pardon me. The uh, other creature's name. Um, and also protects from bad choices and are sometimes caused by the evil that are sometimes oh, fuck. and protects against bad choices, which are sometimes caused by the evil black Kadeo. Oh. So I mean, if you're making a bad choice, you can blame the black Kadeo. You can blame the black the blah blah. You can blame <laughs> the black one, but the white one will be there to protect you. Okay. And with all the things that are going on in the world right now, I don't feel comfortable saying white and black to describe these supernatural beings, which is so frustrating for my brain. Yeah. But it's just meaning by fur color. Yeah. Guys, I'm not saying anything else. It's just about the folklore. So the black Kadeo is a malevolent um, creature and lures people to make bad choices, as I just said. Oh. The Blackadeo has glowing purple eyes and eats newborn babies. And sometimes what the Blackadeo is said to be the devil himself. The Blackadeo is able to stand on two feet like a man and swiftly throw punches at its victims, letting them know they are not that they are no ordinary dog. Oh my god. It's a boxing dog. It's a boxing dog. I mean I've heard of a boxer, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. So it, it's just throwing hands. Yeah, you better. Imagine you're like better watch out. See this dog in front of you. It just stands up its, on its hind leg and starts fucking shadow boxing. Yeah, us us cunt. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's, that's an Australian meme, I think. Yeah, thanks, Brown Cardigan. Us 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 us. Um, so there's actually three types of the black Kadeos. Uh The white one is just just white. just a good guy. He's a, yeah, you know, just a chill dude doing doing his thing. So, um, the first is the devil himself in the form of a large wounded dog with hoofed feet that are bound with red hot chains. Apparently, not even the white Kadeo is able to stop him. Unlike the regular black Kadeo, it's not likely to pursue and attack a passing person as it's a spy known as the evil that are known as the eyes of evil. Instead, anyone who spots him will have a miserable time. Huh. In the short story Leyenda del Cadeo, Legend of the Cadeo, by Miguel Angel Asturias. I tried really hard to practice yeah, these names. That's okay. Um, this variety of Kadeo terrorizes um, a young abbot, abbess, and robs her of her braid. If you don't know what that is, that is the hierarchy of nuns. Ah, like she's the she's the main she's the top bitch. She's the matron. Yeah, she's that. And she's what did the what did the Kadeo head, rob head her nun, of? Her braids. Wait, not like her hair. I think it's a a type of robe thing. Okay. Yeah. That damn Kadea. Fucking right. At least it isn't out eating babies, I guess. Well, that's it. But that was in this that short story, The Legend of the Kadea. Just boxing nuns. <laughs> <laughs> the nuns just like, holding us, up her little cross. Us, us nun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the second type of Kadeo is the re- is just the regular one. Um, 
the mysterious evil dog. It kills and savagely tears through its victims. First, it demoralizes them with a series of sounds and other signs um, that it is nearby. Then after the victim is scared, it leaps forward and will kill them. <laughs> if, the, if the white Kadeo is not near... Just imagine going for a walk in Honduras and there's a bush and you just see this big dog hiding behind it and it's shouting at you. Wait, what's this? What's this? <laughs> That's how it's going to demoralise you? Yeah. Oh, you suck. Hey, look at the way you walk. What's this? Your feet aren't supposed to go inwards. Oh, shit. <laughs> Could you does anything it can say to you to demoralise you. Yeah, nice shorts. That's <laughs> all it says. Isn't the person's like, oh, mum picked these ones out. Anyway. Alright, so the final and least powerful type of black Kadeo is the offspring of a normal dog with the regular Kadeo. Mm. It is a mortal hybrid and can be killed by a strong man, though, with great difficulty and bearing in mind that most men in these regions only carry a machete for protection. Right. So you've got to sh- fight off a a hybrid Kadeo <laughs> dog. A mortal Kadeo. <laughs> with a machete. I feel like that's a good insult if your dog, if your next door neighbor's dog is like barking, just like shouting out that it's a Kadeo hybrid. Yeah, if only people in this area knew what that was. Yeah, well, we can shout it out at them regardless oh, to demoralize them. Fucking will. <laughs> so, once dead, it will completely rot in a matter of seconds, leaving behind a stain of evil. Oh. <laughs> where grass and moss will never grow again. Oh, okay. This Kadeo will never bite its victim. Instead, he kicks and pecks with his snout. After this happens, people say Lo Lo Huga El Cadeo, which means he she was handled by the Cadeo. The victim then goes mad. This term is sometimes applied to people that are born with a mental illness. So Aww, babe I'm I'm Lu Lo Hugo El Cadeo. You are Huga mental illness. Oh babe. I don't know how much of it I was born with, but probably a little bit. (laughs) All right. So according to the stories, many have tried to kill the Black Cadeo, but have failed and perished. Some Guatemalan and Salvadoran folklore also tells of a Cadeo that protects drunks against anyone who tries to rob or hurt them. Ah. Most people say never to turn your back to the creature because otherwise you will go crazy. Speaking to the Kadeo will also induce insanity. So you're you're fucked either way, but it's that's mainly for the black one. So you pretty much just got to look at it and run backwards away from it while yeah. and deflecting it. its insults. Yeah, don't talk to it <laughs> and don't get within punching distance because yeah, it will you punch never you. Know. <laughs> so um, a popular version of the legend in El Salvador talks about two brothers who walk into the house of a black magician. During a storm, he asks the boys to help him with some logs for a fire. Both boys slack on the job, but eat the man's food. Once he finds out the little bit of food he had, he had is missing, 
and that there is not enough wood for his fire, he puts a curse on the road that leads to the boy's village. Voices bother the boys, and when they turn their backs on the voices, they get turned into creatures. Oh, no. A white cadeo and a black one. After going back to their village in their cursed form, they get kicked out and have no choice but to wander. Forever wandering. Forever wandering as cadeos. Damn. In the early 1900s, Juan Carlos was a guardian who lived in a thatched house near Los Arcos in the in the country fields near La, La Aurora, Aurora in Guatemala. He worked near Parroca Vea, thank you, and arrived at his house at midnight. Almost all day, his wife and small children spent the day alone in the middle of the fields. Juan found a white dog when he arrived at his house one day. When the dog saw him coming, it would shake, turn around, and disappear. Juan always tried to follow the dog, but he could never reach him. One day, when he arrived, the dog never moved, and when he approached the dog, it did not make a single sound. But then Juan touched his paw, and suddenly it opened its eyes. Juan was scared. The dog said, You do not need my help anymore. Frightened, Juan exclaimed, What help? And the dog said in pain, I am a dog sent from above. My mission was to protect you from any danger, but you had showed me you do not need help. Don't you blah, blah. Fuck. But you had showed me you do not need my help anymore. Right after that, the white dog closed his eyes and died. Oh. Juan buried him, and every time he came home, he remembered the white dog. That's lovely. The Guatemalan-born artist Carlos Loca, uh, born in 1937, was a painter known for utilizing the cadeo as a main motif in his paintings. As a child, Carlos was told the legend and he believed that the cadeo protected his father as he always came home safely from the cantina, which was like, which is a bar. And yeah. Okay. As an adult, Carlos felt the protecting spirit and helped him break his own alcohol habit. The, the cadeo first appeared in his paintings in the 1970s and still is brought into reality through his paintings. Carlos states that the dog had been a companion guide and has grown old with him. So they can also be kind of like a little guardian doggy. It's like a guardian angel. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cute. So in the late 70s in McAllen, Texas, a man witnessed what he could only describe as a cadeo. Back... Back then, the place was mostly fields with not many businesses around. According to the man's nephew, when he retold the story, there was genuine fear and concern in his voice. On one late evening, he was walking along a cornfield while attempting to hitchhike back to um, his his hometown, Donna, Texas. He was heading home from attending a dance near... Mission, Texas. He had already hiked several miles and wound up near the location of this incident. As he was walking along the field, he saw a huge black dog hovering over the cornfield, keeping pace with him. He described the creature's eyes as two huge burning red eyes, the size of large grapefruits. That's scary. Yeah. 
Still hoping for a car to pick him up, he noticed the creature gazing at him and decided to walk faster, but unfortunately, so did the creature. At this point, he starts to sprint, and then... And the thing continues to keep pace with him, all while floating at least a foot above the cornfield. What the fuck? At this point, he was absolutely terrified and convinced this thing was going to try to harm him. Luckily for him, a car pulled up over in the nick of time and offered him a ride home. Thank God. That's so creepy. Can you imagine this thing just running in the air? Just like hovering. Just grapefruit eyes staring at Over a fucking cornfield. Cornfields are always evil. Put some children in them and you get a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I haven't seen that movie in so long. But anyway, that was El Cadeo. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, That's I thought fun. it was really cool. Do you know Do you know where I found it? Where? Number five. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah, chills. He had, like, this video. And you could see in the video there was a white dog that came up to the like front of the house and there was a black dog behind it and on the like video the dog like stops looks at the house and then walks away like towards the garage area like there's like the garage is closed but then it just fucking disappears it, like it turns around and then it's gone oh my god that's so creepy and i'm like i i, I jump on that train of it not being doctored or anything because like yeah it looks pretty real to me it's El Cadeo. And, no, and it looked like a, almost like a greyhound, but it was still like hmm. weird looking. And there was a black one up the back. Isn't it funny that our next door neighbor's dogs are two very large and shaggy <laughs> black and white dogs? Yeah. I don't think they're evil though. Although Dudley's eyes have some type of deadness in uh, them. He's El Cadeo and Lucy, the other dog, is definitely the good El Cadeo. I agree. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for coming along and listening to this episode. If you want to support us on Patreon, and thank you again to our lovely patrons for supporting us. Yeah, you do really good. Thank you. You can at You Mean a Poltergeist. That's it. Same with our Instagram and Facebook. Just You Mean a Poltergeist. And Belinda's been diligently uploading episodes to YouTube for your enjoyment over there too. So head on over there at Give Me a Poltergeist. That's it. Well. 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 Oh, hey, now that was fun. I don't know the song. Don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) To exercise regularly. Bye, yo.